TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. aka Ray Cash, we'd like to thank you for listening to another episode of The Outsider's Edge. Um, Carl is not here again. Hashtag bring back Carl. But uh, we're going to hold it down for him. Me and my boy Kyle. Kyle Morris, how you doing, sir? Doing great. Carl, we miss you. We really look forward to your column that's coming out soon, everybody. 2020 Royal Rumble, I'm telling you. It's going to be the greatest. The, it's, it's, it is going to be 567 words. Shoot, you're giving him way too much credit. You're right. You're right. 345. Yeah. But it's coming, y'all. It's coming. Hashtag bring back Carl. It will be eloquently formatted. But, you know, speaking of Carl, he wanted us to deliver a message to some people about a certain topic. So, Rance, why don't you introduce the topic, and I will tell everybody what our boy Carl wanted us to let them know. We wasn't even going to talk about this and literally, like, an hour before we started the, started recording this, uh, Carl hit us up with this. But so, in today's news, um, Dave Batista, who has been very adamant about how he feels ostracized by WWE, because you know he, he wants to come back, he wants to wrestle some more, he'd love to do house shows, he wants a final Mania match, just that and the other. Well. Uh, SmackDown's thousandth episode is in Washington, D.C. Dave Bautista's from Washington, D.C. Dave Bautista was the face of SmackDown. Just made sense. And Bautista had never got an invite. Well, today, Dave Bautista will be at SmackDown's thousandth episode, October 16th. And not only will he be there, but it will be the reformation of evolution. So that's huge news in the wrestling world. However, our wonderful IWC brethren have to find something to hate. And there is massive, massive disappointment and, dare I say, slight backlash that, not that Dave is back, because I think most people have come to respect Dave as a performer, and if nothing else, they respect the fact that Dave left and got bigger. Gotta respect that. But, that evolution Formerly a Raw stable will be making an appearance on SmackDown's 1000th episode. And, Brother Morris, our esteemed brethren Carl would want to say what? Our esteemed brethren Carl would want to say that if you are pissing in everybody's Cheerios about this, you can go fuck yourself. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, alright, Evolution was a Raw stable. For sure. Yeah, they were. Sure. Fine. I'll accept that. Absolutely. Um, Batista was one of the faces of SmackDown during the original brand split. Along with The Undertaker. Like, Batista was the guy on SmackDown. I'd put Rey Mysterio in that category as well. Those four guys Mm -hmm. were the cornerstones of SmackDown. Mm -hmm. The first brand split go around. 
Also, let's not pretend Randy Orton hasn't spent a good portion of his career on SmackDown. As Randy also, Orton. he's there currently. Yeah, Randy Orton is also the only member of Evolution who is currently a full-time performer. So, um, you know, SmackDown 1000, it's a one-time thing. It's a big deal that this show has made it to 1,000 episodes. And it's one of the few times that they're going to actually highlight SmackDown and not make SmackDown the afterthought. So but, just let it fucking happen. But go a little deeper. Go a little deeper. We talked about Orton. Talk about Batista. Triple H just happens to be the executive vice president of talent relations and live oh, events. And, and, and who runs SmackDown? Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it Triple H's former stablemate and very good friend, the Road Dog? Oh, that's right. And by the way, Mr. Flair, isn't his daughter like the main woman on the roster? Well, hmm. I mean, she's the co-main woman co-main. on the roster. I, because, Becky, like, I don't want no smoke. Please don't jump me while I'm taking a shower or nothing. My bad. We all want pictures of the champ. We, You're right. Yes. you. I will, I'll take a picture of you so we can move on. But yes. So, I just, like, what? Like, so, sometimes but people Rance, just ain't, can't be happy. And if you're not Rance, happy, they just can't do Oh, yes. Go ahead. But yes. Rance, yes, I don't want to shit on the WWE because they can't do anything right because I hate them. Oh, if that's the case, my good friend, um, I would venture to tell you to shut the fuck up and stop watching. Hmm. Because well, I don't want to have to do that because they should just do what I want all the time. Because it's all about me. Oh, okay. Well, let me go get my violin real quick while you continue. Because that's... You can cry these tears and I don't really give a fuck. Like, I am all for ex- expressing your opinion feeling a certain way, and as much of a WWE homer as I am, they don't get it right all the time. But who the fuck does this hurt? It doesn't. Okay. People just need something to bitch about because they can't find anything else on SmackDown to complain about right now. Because SmackDown's been putting in several weeks of very high-quality television. Speaking of that, can we give Road Dog his flowers? Because it was just a year ago y'all was trying to fire that man. Can we give him his flowers? I feel like a lot of us need to eat some crow, y'all. Like, uh, Road Dog's not infallible. He he still, you know, can not, or not necessarily knock everything out of the park. But SmackDown has been on fire for several weeks now. And... One thing that I really love that SmackDown is doing is SmackDown is creating a connected and shared universe within their show. Um, We saw that the best example of that happened um, between Lana and Becky Lynch and Charlotte and Rusev and Aiden English and all of those stories just perfectly weaving together on Tuesday night. So if you missed it, you're not quite sure what I'm talking about. So Rusev and Lana make their way to the ring on Tuesday, and Rusev calls out Aiden English and wants Aiden English to explain to him why he went and jump-zoned Rusev the week before. On Rusev Day of all days. Of all days, on Rusev Day. 
So Rusev calls English out, tells him, you know what, before I fuck your ass up, you're going to come out here and you're going to explain yourself. And then you're going to catch this ass whooping. So Aiden comes out, and in true heel fashion, Aiden is the hero in his story, which is already a reason why, once again, y'all, I've said it many times, Aiden English is a national fucking treasure. Oh, yeah. That man is amazing. Yes. Also... He, he got a new mic. Instead of Happy Rusev Day, his mic and his new fresh Aiden English t-shirt say Happy Aiden Day. Well, he technically he created the gimmick, if I'm not mistaken, right? And got it over because he has those amazing melodic dulcet tones. Oh, beautiful. Beautifully said, Kyle. Beautifully uh, said. But anyway, he comes out there and he shows Rusev two video packages. He starts by saying, you know what, you're right. I did attack you, and I'll own up to that. But this isn't what you think it is. We had some great times together. And the first video package shows all the great successes of Rusev Day and the times that Aiden helped him out and the birth of the gimmick and all of the wonderful hammy goodness that was. 70,000 people chanting Rusev Day at WrestleMania 34. Yeah, just all of the hammy goodness that was Rusev Day. And then he says... But, you know, you went and ruined it and threw it all away when you brought back her. (laughs) Her being Rusev's wife, Lana, of course. So then video package number two proceeds to show us all of the misfortune that Rusev has suffered since Lana started coming back to the ring with him. Yeah, yeah. And so then Aiden wraps it up by telling him, you know, we had a great thing going until you fucked this up. And you brought her back. And so I am going to kick your ass. And Lana, you're right. You are honest with Rusev. So are you going to tell him about that incident in Milwaukee? Mic drop. By the way, he really dropped a mic. Gangsta's hell. Um, oh, and by the way, y'all, I've heard a lot of people that have been speculating that the big reveal that Aiden's going to have next week about what happened in Milwaukee is that him and Lana had an affair. And let me tell you why you're wrong. You're not wrong because Aiden English is afraid of Rusev. It's not about that. You're wrong because for those of y'all that don't know, Aiden English is married to one of Eddie Guerrero's daughters. He is a Guerrero by, by marriage. Yes. Aiden English is married into the Guerrero family from El Paso, Texas, on the border with Juarez. Aiden English don't want the fucking smoke of an affair. There's smoke in the air. He don't want none of that. No, no, no. No, no, no. There's tons of Guerreros. And if you you fear Samoans or or Polynesians or Tongans, Tongans, we love you. We don't want the smoke. No smoke. We don't. No smoke. Uh, you might want to fear them Guerreros and the Hispanics. It's, Latinos run deep. Just saying. So, yeah, Aiden didn't have an affair, because Aiden's not that stupid. Um, but some shit happened in Milwaukee. And what makes this a great example of shared universe storytelling is the next scene we see is who should show up and in the middle of a conversation between Lana and Rusev but that dastardly girl herself, Becky Lynch. The champ. As the she champ. Like to be known. Yes. And and 
realistically right now, Becky Lynch is my WWE champion. I've heard people say that. Um, no disrespect to AJ, who is No, that's not... all disrespect to AJ, bro. Stop running. It's okay. Oh, sh- 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 it's all right. You, we, we keep it a buck here. We keep it a yeah, buck. Yeah, you're right. Fuck it. Um, AJ need to drop that title, and Becky Lynch is the best thing going in the WWE at this moment. <laughs> um, she shows up, and she just looks at Lana and looks at Rusev, and she just chuckles, and she says, Oh, yeah, so Milwaukee, eh? <laughs> So Lana tries to step to Becky, and Becky just looks at her as like, check yourself, bitch. Um, as WWE champion, uh, women's champion, anything involving the women on this brand is my business. And since you like to pretend you're some kind of fucking wrestler, why don't you meet my ass in the ring so I can show you what the smoke is? Ooh. That's uh, them fighting words, I would think. Oh, they were fighting words. But Lana Becky can back fight, that shit up. Yeah, and um, Lana can't fight, but that's no. So, she can't she wrestle fight. But y'all, this is the the point I'm making though, y'all, is this is a great example of something that SmackDown's doing really well right now, which is finding ways to keep the show one giant universe instead of a bunch of isolated feuds happening in the same building. SmackDown, in a similar way to what NXT is doing right now, especially with Aleister Black, but just in general, SmackDown is doing a great job of having itself be a brand where everybody is connected and everything that happens matters because everything has repercussions. And it's made for some really excellent television. I mean, they've revitalized R-Truth. The ageless wonder that is our truth. Well, to be fair, our truth don't need much revitalizing other than not saying second job. But that's another conversation. I want to I want to piggyback you by and I, I'm gonna say the same thing you said, but I want to I want to point to one specific thing that I don't think you said or or pushed enough. What SmackDown is doing is what we lauded WWE for doing in the late '90s, and that is everybody on the roster has a story and not just a story because everybody on raw got a story technically but has a story that is coherent that and we care about so it could be as low on the card as what truth and tyber ty dillinger is about to feud with randy orton ty dillinger ain't been on tv and had a match on raw in no, i'm sorry smackdown in weeks if not months right ty well, and dillinger they- well, and they've been telling this story for months of Ty Dillinger being our truths straight, like straight in the slapstick comedy of it. Well, and, like, I like I like to go over that bring... his handler. He, I believe he's his handler. Yeah, like yeah. trying to bring truth back to the real world, and so then truth just flips that shit on him a couple weeks later, talking about, dude, I'm trying to teach you something, son. What could you possibly teach me? How to get in the main event of SmackDown Live. Everything makes sense. Everything loops back. Everything matters. Even I can, and I, I hear, I hear a young IWC person saying, "Well, what about Shinsuke Nakamura? Yes, he could be utilized better, but have you noticed everything Shinsuke does? Orton continues to come out. Yeah, something it's will happen connected. between those two. Yeah, I'm telling you. And as a Raw guy, I got to give it up to SmackDown because. From that standpoint, they are killing it. Not to mention that
all the stories, especially the main ones, are tremendous. Yeah, AJ like, Joe, we haven't even Becky Charlotte, Ms. Bryan, they all are great. Even even stories that don't get time to really get fleshed out like the bar and the new day. Great. Well, and they're finding ways to tie even their main stories together. But just by making Miz versus Daniel Bryan a number one contenders match, you have now woven those two into Joe and AJ. Absolutely. And so now when that shit is done, you can pair those guys off and branch those feuds out and keep some shit going. Okay, go deeper. A few weeks ago when Truth made that promo – the reason they did it was because they thought Maurice was Carmella, which caused Miz and Truth, who were formerly a tag team, to have a little beef, which brought Carmella into it. What happened at the beginning of SmackDown this week? Miz and Carmella interviewed Daniel Bryan. You mean Everything Truth and Carmella? Was, you know, come on, Truth. dog. My no, bad. but it's important. No, but it's important. Truth and Carmella, you're right. Because yes. the, other part of that, the other part of that is they pulled off the most subtle face turn in the history of turns. With Carmella. Carmella went from being like the antagonist mm-hmm. to just like spontaneous dance break. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that again to the beauty and the uh the the talent of the ageless wonder himself, Mr. Killings. You're absolutely right, man. Um again as a raw guy, I hate to give SmackDown this much credit, but they killing it, dog. They killing it. They still can't get a higher rating than Raw when they do their worst, but that's another. That was that was a diss. That was a dig. That was a dig, Mister SmackDown. I mean, uh, if you can make that dig. I'll I'll allow it. I believe in Raw fatigue. That's fair. Honestly, I believe in long week fatigue. Like that's realistically, like that's what if is. NXT if NXT as good as NXT is, if NXT was on network television the day after SmackDown and Raw, it wouldn't do as good a numbers as SmackDown does. Well, and NXT's great television. I'm going to tell you why I disagree with that, homie. Because if NXT was, was available for regular people to watch, I truly believe that all the people who hate WWE or complain about WWE are fine. Because for some reason, the people, the detra- let's call them the detractors. I think that's a fair term. I mean, detractors- we can call them the haters. It's cool. Well, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to be diplomatic. I got my glasses on today. Why bother? Yeah. This is the edge. We're not diplomatic. I host two shows now, okay? I have to watch. Shit, Chairshot Radio. Because we're simultaneous on Chairshot, always use your head. Oh, look at you. That's, look at the, the slogan. Chairshot Radio is worse. We roast people over there. So, yes. So, I don't give a fuck. The haters, yes. Um, They seem to think that NXT doesn't fall under the WWE umbrella. So, everything they want WWE doing is they're doing in NXT even though it's the same people. But I feel like that would be their, their excuse to say, well, I, I ain't going to watch Raw. I might pay attention to SmackDown, but I'm going to watch NXT. You know, that's a fair argument. That's a fair argument. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stick it to the man. Let Vince, but we don't like what he's doing. Except even though he got $2 billion for two shows. No, I mean, that's a fair argument. For those of you that maybe haven't heard the term Raw fatigue or don't even understand what I'm trying to say, what I'm talking about is just, you imagine, especially if it's a pay-per-view week, you imagine, or, or a big four, you know, you had TakeOver on Saturday, you had a four or five hour pay-per-view on Sunday, you had three hours of Raw on Monday. You might not have that extra two hours, not so much in your time frame, but in your fandom. You might, not have, two, uh, you might not have two extra hours of fandom and energy for SmackDown on Tuesday. 
you might catch that shit on Friday or on Thursday because that shit's on Hulu. Or you might hit the YouTube highlights or whatever. Which are just I, I did for the record I didn't watch SmackDown this week. I will watch it after we do, finish recording this episode. But I've I caught up on it by watching YouTube highlights. Well, honestly though, like I, the reason I brought up Hulu is because unlike Raw, where you can watch it on Hulu and catch like the main parts, but there's a lot that's cut out. If you watch the Hulu version of SmackDown, you're still Everything. getting basically the entire show. Because two hours and then I have to yeah. cut it so bad. Yeah. Exactly. So because of that, you can watch SmackDown exclusively on Hulu. And honestly, you might enjoy it better if you're someone who doesn't like commercials or who likes to skip through video recaps. Because yeah. a lot of those are cut. It, it's, it's a wonderful time in the business, especially considering WWE and that um, TV ratings don't matter as much because the deals are made and it's about the reach that the shows make. But and part of that reach is all of the access to watch it: Hulu, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. They got a Snapchat. Like you have all of the. Didn't not mentioning the award-winning WWE Network for only nine ninety nine a month. Cheaper um, than Uncle Dave's shit rag. By the way, yeah, we ain't gonna go there. I don't have the energy for that. Um, uh, for oh, for our, no, all I'm going to say is for our new listeners from the chair shot who maybe don't know how we roll here on the edge. Um, the producers of the outsider's edge are in agreement that when it comes to Dave Meltzer, you can miss us all with that bullshit. I feel like we're overdue for a Dave Meltzer diss track. We might have I'm, one coming. I mean, show. I'm down, you know, we could do it on our, uh, brand stand debate. That's what oh. I decided to call it. The brand stand. So, uh, as as my esteemed colleague Kyle just mentioned, we have in the works. And you know what? I just, I just noticed you're wearing red. I'm wearing blue. Even even though it's opposite. It's the opposite. So I'm a raw guy. Because we're the golden lovers. We're the golden lovers. Yes. And we will be speaking some New Japan here in a minute. But I am a raw guy. Kyle is a SmackDown guy. Carl don't watch shit. So, and I mean that affectionately. So we'll, since it is, um, we're kind of in debate time with the uh, uh, primaries and shit coming up. You, no, you mean the midterms. Midter- it's all the same to me. It's all right. I'm a government that. teacher, so I have they, to be particular. They, it's, some, it's, 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 it's some election coming up. Uh, somebody running. We I don't get know. political on this show, so we won't bore you. No, not at all. Uh, well, we're going to get political in wrestling. Well, yeah, uh, you do what I mean. We're going to do, do a mock debate, and I'm going to be the uh, person representing SmackDown. Uh, Kyle's going to be the person representing... I'm going to represent Raw, Kyle's going to represent SmackDown, uh, Carl's going to be the moderator, and we are going to ask for your vote. And you can tell us who, what, do you like it, do you not? And please, I'm asking you, because I know I'm going to be fighting from behind already. I'm asking you, let the debate decide our fate. Not, I don't oh, think you're fighting from behind. I think I'm fighting more from behind because, like, oh, and, and this is part of being a SmackDown stand. If you've stand for SmackDown as hard as I have for as long as I have, um, you've always got a little bit of a chip on your shoulder because yeah. SmackDown is little brother. Yeah. Um, so, like, you know, we were just talking about it. SmackDown's producing some of the best television that they've produced since their really great run in 2016, and they still can't sniff Raw's numbers. And and since since the 
apparently yeah. it's news of what the rating is. Raw got the worst rating ever, even though it's still top five in the demo. But you know, fat those facts don't like to be mentioned. But yeah, you're right. So there's one thing you mentioned. You you talked about it. I want to go a little deeper because I got some questions to ask. So this Aiden English, Aiden Day thing. We first and foremost, can can I say I told y'all so? Can I can I can I do that? I mean, you can. We don't have to acknowledge it, but you can oh, okay. say it. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I don't I don't need acknowledgement. I I can I can pat myself on the back. Shout out to Barry Like Yeah. Um, uh, I told y'all Aiden was turning. I told you why he was turning, and. I told y'all that Aiden is the reason that Rusev Day and Rusev in general was over in his most recent uh, iteration. But my question to you, sir, Mr. SmackDown, is will this escalate Aiden to a point where he can stay at his level? Or is this going to be, all right, kid, we're going to throw out there, see what happens, we're going to pull you back. Where do you see Aiden in the next three to six months following this feud? Because I'm sure this will be a two, three-month feud, right? Where do you see him following this? Well, that's a hard question because as great as they've been doing television-wise for the last couple of months, creative is notoriously inconsistent. Sure. Um, Especially when it comes to pushes and especially when it comes to mid-card guys, which is what Aiden is. Aiden's a mid-card guy. And there is nothing wrong with that. A lot of people think that that is an insult. Some of our favorite wrestlers of all time are realistically mid-card guys. Somebody got to do a job. Yeah. And I mean, Kane was one of my favorite super heavyweights of all time. Kane's really upper mid-card. He occasionally got a top belt run, but he's a mid-card guy. That's sure. where Aiden's ceiling probably is. Aiden English has the charisma and the mic skills, and he's good enough in the ring okay to be a consistent mid to upper mid card act especially as a heel especially if he especially if he plays up that theater background he's got because he can do the obnoxious artist shit that will push people's buttons okay um the the reason it's hard to project where it's going to go for him though is he is facing rusev and I know that you're on record as saying you think that Rusev will win a title within the next calendar year. Yes. Um, and I would love that. I, I stand for Rusev. But Rusev is the most inconsistently pushed guy of his class, I would say. Okay. I mean, historically, yeah. But, I mean, this past eight months has been pretty pretty consistent. Uh, okay. His past eight months, he's been consistently featured but okay. not consistently a winner. You're right. And if we're talking You're about right. elevating other stars, you got to win. Yes, that's fair. Um so I don't the other thing that's working against Aiden right now is that SmackDown is very heel heavy in terms of its best performers are all on that side. And they even got a face in the out. mid card. Even in the mid card, you've right. got Nakamura as the U.S. champion. You've got Orton is in that mid card scene. Go away, Randy Orton. Um, you've got Joe doing Joe. You've got Miz doing Miz. Like the card is very hard to break at the top and the heel side. Andrade. Right. Andrade, yeah. I mean, Cesaro and Seamus could split up at any moment and still be 
Yeah, have been to make to mid to the upper. Yeah, Luke Harper like could wrestle well. Rowan is out as a heel because that's where Harper's natural alignment is. Yeah, there's a lot of guys, man. You're right. So like that could also work against Aiden. Yeah. Um, although Raw needs heels. Although Elias and Aiden English kind of do the same thing. Only I think Aiden English does it better because he's allowed to like do more shit. Elias English. is better at getting heat. There you and go. Honestly, honestly, Elias has a higher ceiling, yeah. but they don't ever do anything with Elias. He does the same thing every week. He comes out, starts to sing, gets interrupted, doesn't have a match, lather, rinse, repeat. That's fair, but if I could speak on the Elias thing real quick, I think this this is what I think their goal is with him. And I've expressed to you guys numerous times how personally tired of Elias I am because of the repetitiveness of it, but here's what I think the goal is. I think the goal is to make Elias almost a actual star outside of wrestling before he becomes a star in one. Because I know it sounds ridiculous, but just I'm looking at everything that's happened since he's really started getting his rise. He's had many feuds with Cena and Jimmy Fallon. He's had many feuds with almost all of the celebrities that come on or are around. Right. He actually released a album, a real album. He's done real press for that album. You know what I'm saying? Like he got to interact with Trish. Got to in interact Toronto. with Toronto. Exactly. So I feel like their goal is to make him a real big deal as a person and a character because they know as much as IWC fans hate to hear it, that that carries more cachet in wrestling then, oh, what can you do in the ring? And Elias is good in the ring. Not great, but good. Well, he, he he's one, and I would say Aiden English has as well. He's someone who has shown consistent improvement. Yes. It, you know, he's not, he's not Dean or Seth or one of those guys, but he's shown consistent improvement. Yes. And he has the, the ability to have the, a good match with the right person. Yeah. But I just, I just, I, I, I just, I just feel like this is built, and I know this is, this is, this is damn near blasphemous. He's building up to a crescendo against Rocky. It just feels right. He feuded with Jericho when Jericho came back for the hot minute he did. I say hot minute, literally a day, but okay. But like, you know what I'm saying? So they're not gonna do that to just anybody. You know what I'm saying? You know how many people, like, you think, imagine how, imagine how big Jericho would be, much bigger, as ridiculous as it sounds. If WWE had gotten behind Fozzie years ago and released an album through their damn, like. Well, especially because Fozzie's now really getting mainstream success on their own. Yeah, so I'm saying, like, and they and they gave Reliance a four-song a four EP. Like, the last person they did that for was Cena, and look how that turned out. By the way, if you're Jericho, I don't want to say like that you're actively angry, but how jaded would you feel about some shit like that? Like, man, I had a fucking band forever. You didn't want shit to do with that. I gave this motherfucker an EP. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you the truth. He doesn't give a fuck. I'll tell you why. Because sometimes it feels you feel more justified doing it on your own. That's fair. I mean, and, Jericho don't give a fuck because I mean, Jericho made great yeah, fucking money. Right, he's a he's Hall Jericho. of Famer. He's, he's one of 
yeah, he he's so good, like he is his own thing. Absolutely. And nothing about Fozzie has anything to do with wrestling. So Truth. it'd be different he's, if it had something to do with wrestling. Big, he's become big within hardcore rock circles. I know because I have some friends who are really into that scene. Yeah. And like Fozzie was in the Charlotte area recently yeah. and, and they, they were like out. shitting over it. But it's and not I was just... just like that's awesome. Get Jericho's autograph and send it to me because I don't give a shit about Fozzie. No disrespect. They're good. They're a really good band. Yeah, they're a really good band. No disrespect. But like if I go see Fozzie, I'm going to see Chris Jericho because I support sure. the GOAT. Sure. But what I mean is none of those guys were in wrestling. None of those guys wrestle. They're Jericho truly was like, on my off time, I'm going to start a band because when I was a kid, I wanted to be two things, a rock star and a wrestler. And I'm going to do this. he became both. Both of them. And I'm going to be completely separate from wrestling at WWE. So Fozzie has nothing to do with wrestling. It's just, it's generally, it's, it's like as if he goes home and he's Mongoose McQueen, but he comes to work and he's Chris Jericho. You know what I'm saying? If, for those of you who don't know, he used to call himself Mongoose McQueen when Fozzie was first starting. So that he could have some ambiguity between the characters. Now he don't give a shit because he's the goat. But, yeah. um, but I feel like that's that's the deal for Elias. And in that note, Aiden can't measure up to that because Aiden's ceiling is, I think, where it is. Aiden will have Aiden will be a damn good U.S. champ one day. But I don't think his ceiling goes any higher than that. No, oh, come on, let's at least let him have the Intercontinental title because the U.S. title don't mean shit, never has meant shit. But ain't ever I see he's not on it. SmackDown, homie. So I got to go with. I know, I know, but I mean, he could move brand someday. It would break my heart, but it could happen. It's possible. He's a character. Yeah, um, he's definitely a guy they'll throw in a damn brand split next year or something. But, um. I'm I'm really interested in his rise because I and I I'm I'm gonna compare him to somebody that I know a lot of you guys will hate me comparing, but I'm gonna compare him to gender, and I realize that they're tra- tremendously different. But I I appreciate people who identified their flaws, identified what they're not doing wrong, took that and really did something about it, improved, and came back with a different attitude and the and the and the one ability to do better, and we're rewarded for it. I feel I like Aiden has done that un- much similar. I don't think that's an unfair comparison, really, because let's be real. The reason people hate gender isn't even really because of anything gender did. No, it's, it's he got because pushed. they. Well, it's and I don't even think it's because he got pushed. It's because he got pushed that far that fast. Yeah. I think that if they did with Jinder's character or that mm-hmm. particular character, what they are doing with Aiden and had him start in the lower mid card and stew and figure the character out and then gradually kind of pushed him up the card, people might never have liked Jinder as a wrestler because he's mediocre. Like, yeah. he's not bad. He's not yeah. great. He's mediocre. But they would have at least been like, all right, well, that character's put in a lot of work. And if they want to make him a transitional champion for a couple of months, then, like, I can live with that. But can I tell you why that that bothers me? Oh, you can. Because you shouldn't feel like a heel wrestler deserves a title. I hate that. I hate that we're like that. I hate that we're like, oh, well, yeah, you know what? They deserve a title. No, they're heels. So if we go by the story, nothing about gender was redeeming. Yeah, but I... For us to want to see him be in that position. 
Yeah, but I also think you've got to remember the the fake sport aspect of sports entertainment in that titles are supposed to matter. And so I never believe that, but okay. Well, you might not believe it, yeah. but a lot they're, of fans do. Sure. Titles are supposed to matter. Companies build them as if they matter. Companies hype them as if they matter. Um, so when people who shouldn't be anywhere near that prop that they've made you think is super important. Okay, so that's it right there. Who are we to say somebody shouldn't be near it or not? Because one person picks who wins and who loses. You're okay. Okay. Again, the crux of what you're saying is not wrong. However, people weren't basing that opinion on nothing. They were basing it on the story that was told to them by that character. If and I have seen if if I have seen Curtis Axel lose 400 matches in a row uh-huh. and then he wins the WWE title. Something about that shit don't make no fucking sense. You're right, but you're not. But you, but what you just said doesn't is not the story that was told. The story that was told was Gender can't do it by himself. He found two guys that are flunkies for him and continues to sneak his way to wins. But nobody wants to talk about that because it's Gender. Gender never won clean. Gender never beat nobody clean. So there's no difference between what Gender's doing and what Honky Tonk did, or what Miz did, or what Flair did. He's literally using his heaters to get him over. Nobody talks about that. Yo, man, why are you hating on these marks for getting worked? Because he was an actual heel who was actually hated, as opposed to all these heels that everybody right. was cheering for. So, like, that's not my issue. Get worked, man. No, that's sure. I love that. That's not my issue. My issue is that that we feel that heels should deserve something. No, at the end of the day, like, wait a minute, uh, hold on. Heels do deserve something. You want to know what heels deserve? To catch that ass whooping. I That's like the way you the heels think. deserve. I like they deserve the way to catch that think. ass whooping. And if they're gonna really catch that ass whooping, they deserve shiny titles to lose when they catch that ass whooping. Okay, you lost me there, but okay. <laughs> I've never cared about. No, I'm gonna say no, okay, I'm, 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 I don't again, care about titles. You, but again, you I as a me. fan, I know it's me. Yes, may not, but I'm just going within, not yeah, even within you. my personal preferences, but within. The presentation of the show. Anytime any title is on the line, they tell you that this matters because of the title or how prestigious it is to be champion. They bring up the history of who's held the belt for the longest. So they are acknowledging that they want you to think titles matter. Can I ask you a question? Sure. If they matter that much, then how come when, say, one one night at Unforgiven when uh, Randy lost – when? Randy Orton lost title Triple H, and Triple H defended it against Umaga, and then Triple H lost it again in that night to Randy Orton. Or when people throw titles in the trash, or when people hold titles for years and only defended two or three times. All this, like, it's it's not as it's not as organic or as as simple as I think you're making it out to be. And you again. Much like you feel with me, you're not wrong. I get what you're saying, but I feel like we pick and choose what well, we want to pay attention to, what matters well, to I us. Would argue, well, hold on. I would argue that throwing a title in the trash is only a big deal if you think the title matters. So if you build the title up to matter, that makes that act have the effect that they want it to have. That's fair. I, I can Now, that's what argument I, I will accept. I can agree with that. But... I just, uh, I, I feel like this, and I feel like not just in wrestling, this is in, in all aspects of entertainment. Uh, we pick and choose what matters to us. 
Of course we do. We're humans. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just like being a sports fan. Sports fans overemphasize championships historically. You know, I'm a big college football fan. Um, I went to slash am getting multiple degrees from the University of South Carolina. So, like, I am a diehard fan of my team. Mm -hmm. The great thing about being a fan of a team that never wins shit is that I can say I'm a true fan because I watched these motherfuckers go 0-11 two years in a row. Yeah. Like, older. I, I remember the year when they finally won a game. It was the first game they'd won in, like, 30 games. The student section was so lit, they tore the fucking goalpost down. <laughs> That's how lit they were to win one fucking game. But sports but, is real, and we know wrestling is not real. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be real to feel real, man. It that, feels real. Okay, but at the end of the day, you got to wake it's up. It's not. You're right. At that the dream, day, that dream I had, that dream I had with yeah, me but, on a on a boat with with uh, Naomi or Sa- and Sasha Banks or whoever. You were I had cheating to wake on up. Mia Yim. I'm telling, I'm telling Keith Lee. I'm um, telling Keith Lee that you was cheating on his woman with other women. Um, stenographer, strike that from the record, please. Uh, uh, uh too late. It's on the. It's on video now. Shit, I'm I'm the producer. I can cut this shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, but okay. So I'll tap into my theater background for a second, okay. and I'll talk about willing suspension of disbelief, which okay. is a huge crux if you're going to be a fan of something like pro wrestling. Sure, you have to have the willing suspension of disbelief. For a lot of people, the thought that championships matter is how they maintain that willing suspension of disbelief because it ties it into the sport aspect. Well, that's and I can give you an example of a person, Chad. Chad Matthews is that guy. Yeah, like I can tolerate the silliness because I you get that illusion yeah. of legitimate competition because wins and losses and titles and shit are supposed to matter. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about wins and losses for a minute here in a second, and stuff that's supposed to matter. Um, we got to talk a little raw. Um, and the one thing I think that I really want to talk to you about is, of course, my brothers, my my, my brothers in in justice, my fellow hounds, the Shield had a bit of an issue this week. The well, dogs, go ahead. Well, so to Shield and the hounds, um, I heard because I have not seen Raw yet for this week. As um, I haven't I've watched SmackDown, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we're, we are both consistent in our viewing <laughs> habits. Um, I heard that some tag teams that had been Geek Squadin had some oh. good performances this week. Is this true? Um, well, the, anytime the Revival have time to wrestle, they get great They get great reviews. They can wrestle. Is that the problem? Nobody cares about them. But the match was tremendous. The match between uh, Ziggy Mac and uh, the Revival was tremendous. Well, I also heard good things about Authors of Pain versus Roman and whoever Roman partnered. Oh, but see, I don't consider... Okay, the Authors are technically part of the Geek Squad, but they, like... they The like Authors friends. of Pain are only dominant because they face the Job Squad every week. The Job Squad is even below the Geek Squad. Well, I'm just saying, like, if, we, if, if, if we're going to get a revival to benefit the doubt for what they did in NXT, the Revival's the most dominant team to ever come out of NXT. So yeah, Alters of Pain, but, but yes, you, yes, Alters of Pain and Corbin had a great match with the Shield. But I mean, the Shield, the Shield could wrestle. You know what? Sticks to a great match. I don't know. You know that impresses me. Anytime you can carry this version of Baron Corbin, the Chinlock King version of Baron Corbin, uh, uh, to a fun match, uh, uh, I'll give it props. I like, like Baron, man. 
Um, no, but I'm not – again, yeah, I'm not shitting on Baron himself. I'm saying this particular version of this character yes. is Chinlock City, and yes. Chinlock City is Channel Change City. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And it was it was high impact, high intensity. It was your standard shield match. But um, the, the thing of note was the shield opened the show, and – this was cringeworthy, but it was it was but it was. On Are you purpose. talking about the saddest photo in the history of the? There, there brand? was a part. Yes, there was there was a moment in that in that promo where Roman said, "It's all about these," and Roman holds his title up, Seth holds his title up, and Dean is in the middle with his hands in his pocket, looking down with the all shucks pose, and it hurt. It hurt. Well, it also so, hurts as a SmackDown person because Dean was one of the people who helped make it so good in 2016. He was he was the anchor. And if if anything says the relationship between Raw and SmackDown, it's that it. the two Raw guys are holding belts Ooh. and the SmackDown holdover is standing in the middle oh, saying, "Aw, shucks." shucks. <laughs> but I love I love from a story standpoint where they're going with this because number one, the Dogs of War as they like to be called, know that if the Shield's a cohesive unit, odds are you ain't gonna beat them. They're, as WWE has said, the best faction to ever exist. I agree with that, but that's not the conversation. So, they decided to use some mental warfare and go to Ambrose, uh, Ziggler in particular, and try to convince him that, look, I know know they're your brothers, but you know what's up. Do they really care about you? When you were out injured and you almost died from from an infection, from MRSA in your arm, did they call you? Did they come see you? Did they text you? They, they, they got championships. Do you think that they want you to succeed? You think they want you to come after them? Do they? You, you know what's up. So I know they're your brothers, but you know what? You need to stand with us because you know that they're going to turn on you eventually. I mean, Seth done it before, hasn't he? And Dean gave him the ponder. This is what made it, and I love this little wrinkle of it, what made it even that much more interesting was Seth, a.k.a. the architect, goes to Drew later on in the night and says, Drew, look, man, you know Ziggler's just using you, right? And Braun, you really think he's going he's gonna to have your back after, he, after he's done using you? And pulls the same shit to Drew. So later on, Drew goes to Ambrose and says, look, man, I know Ziggler talked to you earlier. But Seth came to me. So if Seth's coming to me, trying to get me to turn, why do you think he's doing that? You don't think he's scared? You don't think he knows that you're questioning him or you're thinking you're, you're worried about him? So they have the match. Dogs of War come out, sit on chairs and watch on the ramp. Matches on the chain, and uh, the final, the final, uh, the the final. Sequence shows Rollins hitting a stomp on one of the guys, I don't remember, and then doing like he does two concurrent suicide dives. Ambrose comes in, fights with one of the authors, uh, or might have been Corbett, I don't remember, hits him with dirty deeds, and then he bounces off the ropes and hits another dive. Roman comes in, spear, pin, one, two, three. Roman and Seth are in the ring celebrating. Dean is on the ground. Roman tells, Seth to get in the, tells Dean to get in the ring so they can celebrate. Dean walks in between, in, in, uh, uh, in between the ramp and the ring and sits there and kind of hits the thinker pose and ponders. And the dogs of war like, come with us. And um, the shield and the ring are like, no, 
it was eerily reminiscent of the night Seth turned on him. And finally, Dean does a big sigh, goes in the ring, hits the shield pose, and they hug. So, question to you is, Mm -hmm. I think most of us have expected that Ambrose was going to be the guy to break up the shield in some form or fashion, whether it's viciously or it's he's going to leave, whatever happens. What do you think about that foreshadowing, number one? And number two, where do you think it goes? Because I think the goal is triple threat at Mania. We like six months away from that. So what are you thinking? I mean, my instant thought is that that sounds like the seed, planting the seeds for a red herring. I, I thought the same thing. Um, in the short, at least in the short term, like, uh, I don't know. Something about it seems too obvious. And when WWE does things really obvious, I expect them to pull a swerve, like have Seth do it again. Um, because he's a known commodity and blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, I'm on record as saying I think that Dean's character, even the way it is currently presented, it would be more interesting if Dean were to turn and be more of a darker character version of himself. Um, Psycho Dean. Real Psycho Dean. Yeah, legitimate Psycho Dean. Um, But... I don't really know where they're going with this, and a lot of that is just because I don't watch Raw consistently enough to know okay. who the major players are. Well, aside I mean, from those you six, know who the major, I mean, you know who the major players. Well, yeah, it's those six. It's those yeah. six in the Geek Squad. That's basically Monday Night Raw. Finn gets love, Bobby Lashley gets love, and Corbin gets love, but that's it. Speaking of Bobby Lashley and the Authors of Pain and all this, you know, I've given it a couple weeks, and I just still don't know how I feel about the two hundred five guys being like everybody's like ring bitches on well we were going to talk about that we were going to talk about that next so i mean if you want to have anything else you want to say about the shield or put a bow on that all i know see all i know is if i got my personal preference like my personal preference would be for dean to be the one to turn on them because i do think dean would be more interesting as a darker character my second preference to that would be the one that i know is not going to happen which is roman yeah. Yes. And the reason Seth doing it would be my least preferable alternative is you because already. Exactly. I've seen it before. Uh, it, it's like it's like chocolate ice cream. I know it tastes good. I know I enjoy it. But if I've got the option of chocolate, mint chocolate or Rocky Road, chocolate is my least preferable option here because it's an old reliable and I know what it's like. Right. And Seth is at the ape- Seth is at the apex of his facedom right now. Yeah, singularly, not shield wise. And the only singularly. thing that could make him more sympathetic is after he redeemed himself, only to be then turned on. So yes, yeah, absolutely. And but I think I, originally they were gonna do that until Jason Jordan had what apparently is looking like a career ending. I don't think. Um, I don't think. Well, we, we we need to talk about Jason too one of these days. I don't think Seth was. I think Seth is gonna be was always gonna be a face for the foreseeable future. I think. I think per, this is just conjecture. Well, here. no, I, I mean, I think they were building towards Jason turning on Seth until oh, Jason got like that debilitating injury. Well, Jason was was playing heel the whole time, anyway. Yeah, um, but you absolutely and yeah, we need to, we need to have the conversation about Jason because that is it's tragically tragic. tragic to see somebody that young, that good looking. It's that Paige talented. all over again. No, only, it's only it's only it's worse because Paige at least had a pre-existing condition and we knew it. 
and she had some good years on the top. Well, let me tell you why I disagree with Ben Page. Even though Page is 24, 25, Page had a full career. Page has, 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 has had WrestleMania matches. Page has been a multiple-time champion. Page has had iconic feuds. Page has, has done literally, and I, I, I hate to generalize, but she's done damn near everything she could do as a professional wrestler in the WWE. Jason Jordan hadn't done anything. That's why it's a tremendous difference. So, much like Brian, if Brian would have retired after he got his injury, there's nothing else he could have done. He done any, he done everything. Paige had done just about everything. Now, I'm not saying she couldn't have done it more and more and more, but she had accomplished every goal. Jason Jordan has never wrestled a WrestleMania match. Jason Jordan has never been in the Royal Rumble. Jason Jordan probably has he had one singles match on, on a pay-per-view. Jason Jordan hadn't done anything. You know what I'm saying? After spending all that time, and that's not, I'm not saying this from a negative standpoint, after spending all six of those years in FCW NXT, after all the numerous reboot after reboot after reboot, new gimmick after new gimmick, we'll try this, we'll try that, we're going to put you with Ty Dillinger. Okay, that don't work. We're going to put you with with uh, all the wrestlers and make it called Shoot Nation, but no, we can't do that because Shoot, Shoot, Pow, Pow, put you with Chad Gable. Well, that's not working. We're going to reboot that and make it work right and this and that. Break y'all. After everything he went through just to get to the main roster to get his single shot and then it's pulled away from him that is tragedy and and it's and i don't i'm not i don't want to compare injuries but it reminds me of draws that's what it reminds oh, me oh gosh don't even mention that one that's oh what it reminds me that of. like breaks my heart to think about it it, it now that's from a from and a god i hate that we have to speak so morbidly but from a living standpoint draws is the most i think is the most uh tragic well, what makes Draws the most tragic to me, it's not even just from the living standpoint. It's also from the Pure standpoint accident. of it was just a complete freak accident that still haunts D'Lo Brown. To this day. Like, he will Always tell real. you straight up, it is the, it, it is one of the lowest points of his life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't want us to get too much into it because like, I'll, I'll get real sad. Yeah, so let's move on. Let's move on from that. But yeah, Jason, man, look here we at the edge. I I know Kyle's not lots necessarily praying, no, man. But lots I of love for thought, Jason. Yeah, Jordan. love and thoughts and yeah, lots and of all love. of that. Yes. Um, let's let's do this. Let's have this two hundred five live conversation because I talked with Platt about this on Chairshot Radio. But I this the whole so I I, I appreciate that these guys are getting some a chance to build their characters and show their ability to be more than just wrestlers on Raw. My problem is, I have two problems. Number one, I think the problem that you have, I said that for last, but my first problem is I hate that these guys are different characters on each show. Right. And 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 I, and Platt cited Triple H, but I told him the difference between that is Triple H is an owner on one show and an authority figure on another. Whereas these guys are both essentially wrestlers. Right? So I'm going to play heel on this show and face on this show. And like so that bothers me, right? Personally because it bothers I, me too and I don't care if they want to make meta references to it on 205. Like I don't care if Leo Rush wants to make little jokes to yeah. Drake about, oh, well, aren't you over there? 
doing this, this, and that. Like, no, no. Yeah. It's inconsistency. You're either this character or you're that character. Pick one. Right. If you want to be the Authors of Pain guy as your new thing and you just want to be a dick general manager now. And we know Spud can do. Yes. Yes. I mean, Rockstar Spud can do literally anything. Yes. He is a chicken shit into chicken salad performer. Absolutely. So, like, Rockstar Spud can do anything. Drake Maverick will make it work. That's not what I mean. But I'm with you. This I'm gonna play the straight laced down the road, down the middle William Regal general manager on 205 Mm -hmm. Live. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna be the dastardly heel, break Mm -hmm. shit guy on Raw. He was sheet up a storm in that in the six man tag. That's what I'm saying. Like nah, son, nah. And the the second thing is. I don't know where I don't know where they stand on the ability for guys to for cruisers to have a chance to move up and do other things. That was Neville's beef. We've had this conversation before, but I think you alluded to it. It looks bad to me, and it looks bad to me. I'm sure it looks bad to everybody else that these they're good enough to be on your show to talk, but they're not good enough to be on your show to wrestle. That almost feels like they're, and I hate this word, but kind of pseudo burying their own talent. It makes them look like a sideshow. Well, they are a sideshow. I would say something. I'll say it makes them look like a joke. Well, no, when I'm saying sideshow, I mean it makes them look like the Carney style sideshow. Oh, got you. Got you. Like they're minis. Yeah, like like they're just these little cast offs. Oh, look at the cute little vanilla midgets. They can talk good. And 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 to add to your point, the joke that Elias and Kevin Owens have for Leo Rush that he's a kid, and they had uh, Kevin Owens had the KO show, talk show with Elias playing and stuff, and Leo Rush came out to introduce Bobby Lashley, and when he came out, they were like, "Oh, we knew you were gonna come. We got something for you." And they had a kids, uh, like a like the seat that the little little baby sit in, um, at a restaurant. A booster seat. A booster seat, and yeah, and. <laughs> And, you know, and it was hilarious. It was funny as hell. But, yes, because Leo is – and, by the way, quick tangent, all of this said, I love Leo and Lashley together. Leo is what Lashley needs because Bobby Lashley, like, even TNA knew this. And TNA fucks up everything. But even they were smart enough to know Bobby Lashley cannot be solo. Bobby Lashley needs – You're right, but even then – A mic guy. Lashley was spitting fire in TNA, though. But he still needs someone to make him more inherently interesting. Absolutely. Because there's something about Bobby Lashley. You know, we talk about it. Mm, Bobby Lashley has all the intangibles, but he doesn't have it. Something about Bobby Lashley does not make me Mm -hmm. want to watch what he's doing. I'm just like, oh, look at this big dude. I bet he's – oh, yeah, I guess he's decent enough in the ring. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas Leo Rush – Leo Rush's only problem is that he, much like Rockstar Smut, well, and he's Rockstar Spud level small. Spud's problem is he's so small, he's not believable against literally anybody. Spud's not believable against the other cruisers, he's so small. Spike Dudley. Exactly. And Leo Rush has that exact same problem. And it's unfortunate for both of them because they're both really good. And they're both good in the ring. But they're so small. Right, right, but it, I think at least for Leo, Leo has a move set that, and his speed and his intelligence, leads you to believe that he can 
last with got last with last with other cruisers, but the Tom and Jerry <laughs> type thing they got going, where Leo's gonna get jumped by everybody and just runs and jumps and and plays mousetrap against everybody and gets out every time and Lashley comes to save him is it ain't got I'm sure I'll get sick of it eventually, but right now it's great. But yeah, talk to me about the cruisers, man. What are you thinking? I in fact well, this this category was your idea. It was, because I want to talk about both the pros and the cons. Um, and I know that my first pro is something you don't necessarily agree with, um, but I hope that I'll explain it well enough. I like that now that it's not live, it's being taped before SmackDown. And the reason that I like that is because the crowd is bigger. It just is. Well, can what, I say this real quick before you go? Before you yeah. This real quick. Yeah. I'm fine with it now that they're not playing it to be live. Yeah, okay. That was my only issue. You can't run it live before and change SmackDown from 7 to 9 to 8 to 10. Mm. Now that it's literally going to be taped and showed, I'm fine with it now. So, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, then, then yeah. I like it because, again, the crowd is bigger. Here's the thing, y'all. When people go, and I know this because I've gone to SmackDown tapings during the 205 era, and I've Me stayed too. for 205, but people go to SmackDown to see SmackDown. And a lot of your average audience doesn't even know who the fucking cruisers are, or care. So when they or care, so when they come out, these randos that they've never seen before, they're just like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Uh, I'm ready to go home. So by having them warm the crowd up and let the wrestling be the thing that gets them over with the pre-show crowd, because pre-show that's good enough. So 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 can I can I dare I say? That the fans don't give a shit about just wrestling. I mean, you could make that argument, but here because they did, wouldn't they stay for two or five? Not if they don't know who any of the people are. But if it's just about the wrestling, why do you care? That's the argument. The argument is the the wrestling versus entertainment argument is 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 strictly about. The intangibles matter more than what's happening in the ring. So if I don't if I don't know the people who's wrestling, I don't care about them wrestling. That's exactly what you're saying about two or five. But I think you're misunderstanding my reason, though. Like I'm, oh, I'm, I'm gonna talk about your reason. I'm just throwing shit at you. Cause the reason why it is the way it is is because I can see anybody have good wrestling matches because mm-hmm. they're, almost everybody now is a good wrestler. It's not yeah. like it was in the Attitude Era. In yeah, the Attitude absolutely. Era, being a damn good wrestler was enough because there was a lot of hot shit absolutely. in that era on Nitro and Raw. Both and it, it, especially had a lot of garbage. Yes, Mike Enos. Yeah, like... Kenny Chaos. The Misfits yeah. in Action with General Rection and Sergeant Guns. Hugh G-Rection. Yeah, Hugh G-Rection. That's right. Yes. So, you know, like, there was a lot of flaming hot garbage in that era. And in that era, when not everybody was good in the ring, that being your only thing was good enough because it did set you apart. Mm-hmm. Oh, he who must not be named is in a match? I know that motherfucker can wrestle. These scrubs oh. that... These scrubs that came before him weren't shit, but I know this match gonna deliver. Oh, yeah, this is an Eddie ma- this yeah. match. By the way, D Malenko, who formerly was number one in the PWI. Yeah, uh, Dean Malenko, the man of a thousand holds. Even though Chris Jericho is the man of a thousand one holds. A thousand and four holds. Oh, a thousand and four holds. Yeah, and get only, it right. 
and only 600 of them were an armbar. 605, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, y'all. Chris Jericho's been getting lists over for more than 20 years. <laughs> you know what? That's the first time that put... T- t- you blew my mind. I had never put that together. That's what? Yeah, that's Chris where Jericho, Jimmy Jacobs got that from. I know it's Chris where he got Jericho's it from. Jericho's been getting lists and countdowns over his entire career. His entire career. Y two J debuted in a countdown. <laughs> Number seventeen, the the moss handled three the moss family the, the three moss handled or the moss covered three handled three family, family credenza. credenza. Shout out to Perry Saturn. Number eighteen, armbar. <laughs> I mean, oh. yo, man, Jericho's been trying to give you the message forever. That's why his finishes the code breaker. I'm just, He's we, we never got it. We never got it. <laughs> that, that's great stuff. That's great. Uh, Somebody needs to bring it to his attention to see if that he did it on purpose. Or that was just happenstance. Um, no, but I mean, the point is, point is, like, the reason why being a good wrestler isn't good enough anymore is because now everybody's a good wrestler. Like not well, I shouldn't say everybody, but most everybody yeah. is a good wrestler. You know, the being mediocre in the ring is now like a criticism, whereas in mm-hmm. like Hogan's era, being mediocre in the ring was, was all great. you needed. Mm-hmm. That's all you needed. But it's the but it's a different reason, but it's the same outcome. At the end of the day, the majority of people aren't gonna watch two people wrestling. They don't give a fuck about who they are. Or why they're wrestling. Now, I do want, but I do also want to make this point. That is not to say that being good in the ring doesn't matter at all or that it's a bad thing. Yes. We are yes. not, we are not no. saying that if they had high quality in ring action, fewer people would watch. That's no. not what we're saying. What well, we're saying kind of, is, no. no, but that's not what we're saying. We're not saying that if they had really good matches, fewer people would watch. We're saying that. If they had really good matches featuring people we give a shit about, there you go. More people will watch. There you go. That like we're not saying that improving match quality is a bad thing. No, or that no, absolutely not. Improving but work rate is a bad thing, or that that fans can't won't be the appreciate. only thing. Yes. Yeah, or that fans won't appreciate good yes. matches because they will. Because at the end of the day, people bought tickets to a wrestling show. They will appreciate absolutely. good wrestling. It just can't be all you're bringing to the table. That's why, case in point, I love Drew Gulak. Don't give a fuck about Cedric Alexander. Exactly. Not thing here. one fuck. And I'm from Charlotte, y'all. He is from the same town as me. He is the same age as me. Yeah. I know people who graduated high school the same year as him, and I don't give a flying fuck about this dude. Here's what hurts him probably more than anything. Yes, he's not interesting. We don't. He doesn't. He doesn't bring anything to, anything to the table besides wrestling. But the people he's wrestled, sounds all still, interesting. Fuck that, there you go. Mustafa Ali is interesting as fuck. Most interesting guy on that brand. Jugulak is the best heel on that brand. One of the best in the company. Buddy Murphy has come and reinvented himself and made himself one of the one a genuine asset to this company. Well, and he he's created that niche for himself. Whereas much like you know, we always give props to Andrade because you put Andrade in the ring with anybody, mm-hmm. and he's gonna have a good match and he's gonna make them look good and he's gonna deliver. You put Buddy Murphy in the ring with any of these cruisers, and he is just churning out great shit it's hilarious you put those two together because we're like they're best friends interesting i didn't know that yeah 
We're oh, like yeah, best friends. something today. Um, and and also, I love the I love I always love the gimmick of the big guy in the cruiserweight division because Buddy walks around yeah. if he wasn't cutting weight at about two thirty. Oh, I mean, like it's a tried and true trope. Matt Hardy v one. The entire like birth mm. of that gimmick that. was him like fasting. Sam- Samoa Joe in the X division. Yes. So yeah, you yeah, but I'm totally agree with that. I was giving you shit about the wrestling thing because I, again, I like to be right. And I love it when I'm proven right. So, yeah, you know, I just want to gloat a little bit. But please, go ahead. Continue, well, if you would. Oh, so, no, like, I, I'm I'm in favor of that. I'm in favor of... The other reason I'm in favor of it is I think that by letting them perform in front of those bigger crowds and by having the 205 segments happen in front of those bigger crowds, it will get more people to care about more of those characters. Not Cedric Alexander, because he's as presented boring but the characters we just mentioned a lot of people don't know about them drew gulak is great buddy murphy is great mustafa ali is great Mm -hmm. what they're doing is awesome entertaining as hell fun television they've got great characters that are easy to latch onto they're consistent with those characters and giving them actual decent sized audiences as opposed to the smackdown leftovers of diehards who are probably the same people watching on the network mm-hmm. can only be a good thing for those wrestlers well here's the real question we 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 both agree it's an improvement and the day that they move them to the time that they move them to and when they tape it right i hope they keep it this way when the mix match challenge is over I, do, I, perfectly do, honest. I think they will. I think they will because that block that they have now on Wednesdays is fire. Well, um, yeah, it makes it a great block of television. Absolutely, absolutely. but the, but I think but my I think the question, question is, should they eventually move to full sale, or should they I, keep it before SmackDown? Can I can I give a half kind of answer? I don't but think I'm, they should move it to full sale itself because I feel like NXT and full sale are like. Peanut butter and jelly, and the tourneys. And, oh yeah, they do do the tourneys there. But I just feel like see, like the cruisers should get a permanent building, but I don't want it to be full sale. Oh, get their own building. Yeah, like get like their center own, stage in Atlanta. Yeah, something like that. You know, just get their own version of a full sale. Yeah, but see that the reason that full sale they works do full sale is because it's already set up and it's got the schools there. Well, it's in Orlando. It's in Orlando. Yeah. Is down the road from the PC. Well, it's in Orlando, down the road from the PC, and Full Sail itself is a school that like specializes in communications work. So like, yeah, so all the got, people are students that are helping set up shit. So, yeah. yeah, they got studio space. They're able to do like Full Sail makes sense. Um, I do think they should get a permanent area though, especially if they want it. If they still had any intention of trying to tour those guys, because I know for a long time they had talked about trying to tour those guys. If you're gonna well, do that. Had, do it like the Largo Loop. Well, they had their one. They had their one test tour, and here's here's why here's why touring them doesn't work right now. There's nobody that can sell the tour. Nope. Which is why, and people hate this. And we need to talk to New Japan here once we're, once we're done with this. People hate this, but Ricochet needs to go to go to 205 Live. The thing, I think the reason people don't want him to is because of what they we were talking about. They don't want to be marginalized. About. They don't want to be marginalized. Well, well no. We were talking about are they ever going to let the cruisers be people who move up in the divisions? Um, and people are worried that if 
Ricochet goes to 205, he'll forever be on 205. And, and now, I, I, res- I respect that, and you're absolutely right. I completely but agree. I, but I think I agree with your argument because, in my opinion, the only way that cruisers can move up is if we care about them. And nobody cares. New Japan doesn't move juniors up just to move juniors up. New Japan waits until, like, people give a shit and then puts a story together to make you give even more of a shit yeah. and move them up. And they've had to win everything a million times. Shout out to the Bucks. Oh, uh, yeah. but look at that journalism and journalistic integrity. We're, we're trying to hit the journalistic segue in New Japan. Um, So... You talked about the Bucks. First and foremost, I am super interested in this to show this with the fighting. What's it called? Oh, Fighting Spirit Unleashed. It is their second U.S. show this year. It's from Long Beach. Long right? Beach. Yeah. Yep, and it's on Sunday. Um, that will not be the only pay per view that the Young Bucks are wrestling this weekend because oh. fun fact: the Young Bucks were wrestling in a match about 25 minutes ago. Oh, where was that, be, Kyle? That was in Las Vegas because, you know, Ring of Honor, that promotion that I like, but I also hate, but I love oh. them, but I also hate them. Hate watch, They had yeah. a pay-per-view tonight. Death like, Before Dishonor was like, tonight. Like a special pay-per-view that you have to buy? Yeah, like one of their actual yearly pay-per-view shows was, again, on a random Friday night. So, and, so... Which, in and of itself, would be one thing. But the reason why this pisses me off yet again is because Ring of Honor is that company that can't promote itself as well as the talent can. Like, your employees should not be better at promoting themselves than you, the company, are. So you're Especially you're the honor club member, right? Especially not if you're run by a fucking billion-dollar entertainment conglomerate. So you're an honor club member, right? Yes, I am. How did you How did you find out about the pay per view tonight? Hangman Page's Twitter account. Now this is a dude who pays to watch Ring of Honor every night. And look, so we we can quit all 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 the jokes and the bullshit. Like this shit got to this got to stop. This this has to stop. These people fucking got the ring. They got the fucking garden in a couple of months. This shit got to stop. It's it's like I don't even watch Ring of Honor, but I would never watch Ring of Honor because I don't know when to watch them. This got to stop. It's and it's despicable. fucking inexcusable if you yes. look at all. And it's fucking inexcusable if you look at All In because like I know All In was its own thing. I'm not trying sure. to take anything away sure. from what Cody and the Bucks were able to do sure. or any of that. I was there. I'm not trying to take anything away from that. But the fact that they were able to sell out a 10,000 seat arena and the company that they work for. On can't its sell own, out 5, can't sell out five thousand, like you said, is fucking embarrassing. Yeah. And here's the other part of that: they got no social media presence, like none. Mm-hmm. I follow their Twitter. I follow their Facebook. They put shit on there. I'm not saying they don't put anything on there, but, but they have no branding, no this, promotional awareness. This is the top. United States wrestling company in the world, non-WWE. This is the top yep. U.S.-based company in the world. And it is, y'all, even, even Impact stands, it is, because, again, I said it last week, Impact is a Canadian company. Forget, Forget that. that. If they were American, they're not bigger than, than Ring of Honor. Nope. Ring of Honor is owned by a billion-dollar company. 
They're not bigger. They're not. I'm sorry. Just because they got a better TV deal, that's because they've been. That's because they've been around longer on television. They ain't got shit to do with nothing. They're again, not bigger. Which, but again, this is again inexcusable. The fact that Impact has better brand awareness. Yeah. Than these guys do, is in fucking excusable. Yeah, it's inexcusable. It's, Jushin Thunder Liger is wrestling tonight, and they didn't promote the shit out of that. I see. I definitely didn't know that shit. I didn't know they had a card, but it, but I guess I, I guess I could have guessed what the card was. I did Jushin Thunder Liger. I didn't know he was in fucking America right now. That's just despicable. It, it, Bill like, Ospreay and I'm, Jay Lethal are going to have a championship match tonight, and they haven't been marketing the shit out of that. Now that's for many people. That's a dream match. The main event is the final blow off. Uh, it's a tables match with Bully Ray and Flip Gordon, and the blow off to that storyline in a tag team match. This shit got to stop, man. This shit got look. Okay, so let's talk about better things because it, it's annoying. It let's talk about me. a company they have a working relationship with that does everything in the United States better than they do. That's probably the only reason why they still are thought of in a positive light. Um, and and for the record, I'm not a Ring of Honor fan. I'm not a Ring of Honor stand, but I just I just hate inequity and dumb shit, and that's stupid. Well, it's and, but what's dumb. what's upsetting it's annoying. is well, and what's upsetting is you know, I say it every week, and a lot of people probably think I'm bullshit, but I want Ring of Honor to do well. Like I have the Honor Club subscription for a reason. Mm-hmm. Well, we we here at the Outsiders Edge put our money where our mouth is. We 100%. buy and support the things that we want to succeed. Mm-hmm. I want them to succeed. When they're in Atlanta, I go to that shit. When they're mm-hmm. in Concord, North Carolina, I go to that shit. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm not working the next day. Mm-hmm. But this fucking company that has a lot of incredibly talented people that mm-hmm. were talented enough and big enough names to sell out a 10,000-seat arena by promoting it their damn selves. Pretty much. Needs to do a better fucking job of building a brand. Making people care about their company. Yeah. So, speaking of New Japan, and and, and by the way... Um, the reason, only reason I brought up the Bucks is because the Bucks are wrestling the Tongans, uh, G.O.D., Guerrero's of Destiny, for the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, which is a match I am infinitely interested in. Uh, By the way, we both picked the Tongans because we don't want no smoke. No, And again, they are recruiting. If you are recruiting podcasts, the Outsiders Edge is here for recruitment. We are 100% willing to listen to all the reasons you're right and everyone else is wrong. Even us. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, y'all but, are related to Haku. We ain't stupid. But, so, you guys, y'all been listening to me. Y'all been following me, reading me for a while. So, you know that I enjoy New Japan. I wouldn't call myself a New Japan fan, but I definitely keep up with it. And I watch it when I'm interested. Something caught my eye this weekend. Would you like to break it down, brother? All right. So, um... This weekend, they had a big show. Um, there was a part of this big tour. Uh, dist- I want to say it was Destruction in... Probably the Destruction Tour. Osaka? Yeah, this is the Destruction Tour. No, this one wasn't in Osaka. This was in Beppu. Okay. Destruction in Beppu is where the big event happened. No, Beppu was the second night. Oh, shit. It doesn't matter. It was the Destruction Tour. It was the last night of the Destruction Tour. Uh, shout outs to our friends, Jeremy and Josh, over at Keeping It Strong Style. They would they, kill they me got- for 
they would kill me for not getting the name of the show right. But I know it was the destruction tour, and that's and the if, important thing. And if you want like this broken down, all of this broken down in depth, that's they the got show to you listen. covered. Absolutely, they got you covered because they covered the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was the last night of the destruction tour. The main event was Kazuchika Okada versus um, Tanahashi. Uh, right. The big Tanahashi's big match of trying to get over the hump going into Wrestle Kingdom. Yes, because they've been telling a story um, for the last little bit of um, Tanahashi and Okada having several matches, and every time they would have these matches, um, Okada would always come out on top. And so it was the final night. It was just Kobe, Destruction and Kobe. Okay. Um, It was Destruction and Kobe. It was the final night. Tanahashi was putting his G1 briefcase on the line against Okada. Match itself was great. You know, it was typical Okada Tanahashi match. They delivered. If you've seen it, then it's you know what yeah. you know what it is. You know what it is. They delivered. They continue to find ways to deliver even when you think they won't, because Okada's that talented and Tanahashi's the ace. So like it was great. Um so the match ends. And when the match ends, who should turn up? But as Kevin Kelly called him, that son of a bitch. <laughs> Switchblade Jay White. And Switchblade attacked Tanahashi. Because, you know, Switchblade and Okada are both members of the Chaos Stable. Yes. So he attacks Tanahashi. But then he also attacks Okada. Which, in and of itself, not that surprising. They've been also telling a story for the longest about how... Jay White was joining Chaos reluctantly and how he wanted to take control of Chaos and mm-hmm. he was going to build a new Chaos and he was coming for Okada and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. So him finally doing that in and of itself, not that crazy. Guess going back Go- to January. Goes out of the ring, goes, Rocky Romero was on commentary, so he gets in Rocky's face and tells Rocky to give him his chair. Who's also in Chaos. Yes, Rocky is also a Chaos member. Rocky won't give him the chair, so he shoves Rocky and takes the chair. So taking Rocky out, he's beat down Tanahashi, beat down Okada. All of a sudden, fucking Yoshihashi comes running down to the ring and proceeds to um, fall flat on his motherfucking face. And Did he really? Oh, dude, like, bled profusely. I, I honestly felt a little bad for him, unless that it was, like, a shitty blade job or something. Because, like, he came down, he straight up fucking Titus O'Neil'd, and then, like, was a bloodied mess for the rest of that segment. Oh, wow. So, like, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, like, thanks for coming, Yoshihashi. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> Yoshihashi was going to get jump-zoned eventually anyway. It sure. don't fucking matter. But, sure. Um, so he comes to try to mediate the situation. It's not working. It's not working. Finally, Ghetto comes out. So and Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Explain to people the importance of why Ghetto coming out is. Well, that was my next point. Oh, okay, Ghetto, sorry. Who Ghetto is. Because yes. for those of you that are not longtime people, you might not know anything about Ghetto. Um, Ghetto and Okada go back years. Well, Ghetto is the booker of New Japan. Yes, Ghetto one. is the booker of New Japan. That yes. part I should have probably started with. But Ghetto and Okada go back years within the kayfabe of chaos. Yes. Ghetto has been accompanying Okada to the ring. Up until this year, he'd been accompanying Okada to the ring for every, every match. match. Mm-hmm. It's um, tournament. 
he was corner man or when they did the traditional New Japan multi-mans, he was just Ghetto's or Ghetto was his jobber partner. Mm-hmm. So if they needed to take that L, Ghetto was there to catch that ass whooping. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier this year, Ghetto stopped coming to the ring with Okada. And, you know, didn't think too much of it at the time, but I should have because this is New Japan and everything matters in New Japan because everything is kayfabe. Well, they had a promo, a backstage promo where Okada said, hey, we've reached where, as far as we need to go. I need to go different places. He does. I still love him. We're still a team. He has my back. I have his. But we need to go our separate ways. Well, but but this is still and that still matters because after that point. Okada started his whole reinventing Kazuchika Okada thing. Scooby Dooby Doo and whatnot. Yes. Yeah, after he lost the title and just started to remix himself. Um, so, but Ghetto comes out, and so since Ghetto's you know old school chaos and like mm-hmm. incredibly well respected and all that shit, goes back to the beginning assumed, when Shinsuke yeah, made it. Exactly, and so everybody just assumes that Ghetto is there to you know handle the shit. So Ghetto takes the chair from Jay White and just, like, calming the situation down. Jay's standing across the ring from Okada. Okada's got his back to Ghetto, and Jay just keeps, like, yelling at him, yelling at him. Then Ghetto proceeds to jump zone Kazuchika Okada. Took that chair to the back. Shittiest chair shot. It was a terrible chair shot. But that's not the point. The point is, it makes fucking sense. 100%. It makes sense. Okada is not the Rainmaker right now. Okada's on some other shit. Chaos was founded by Shinsuke as a heel stable. 100%. To bring back Strong Style. Ghetto gave a promo after he jump-zoned Okada, talking about how he's going to reinvent New Japan with Switchblade. And this is a new Chaos. I love it. I love when New Japan has American ass entertainment storylines. And this is what the fuck this is. Absolutely, it, because you know what the questions are now? Where do the other members of Chaos fall? Ishii, Yano, uh, Makabe, Rapongi 3K, Beretta, Beretta uh, uh, and Dustin, if you will. And uh, what's my man named? Um, Goto. Mm hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yep. it, it's well, it, and it, our boys over at uh, Keeping It Strong Style have an interesting theory that Rapongi 3K could turn on the rest uh, of Chaos because they've been like throwing subtle shade at Rocky lately. Well, and, and and this would give them the opportunity to do that. Shout out to Rocky because Rocky revels in his position of getting the shit. Mm-hmm. He's great at it. Rocky Rocky is all about catching that ass whooping. He's he is he catches the fade better than most people. I give him credit for that. He also um, records real fire rap intros for um anything associated with him. That Rapongi Vice intro is still a is. fire track. Not to mention him and Chico uh the Luchador tend to be good friends, I believe. Something like that, right? Yeah, something like that. It's almost like they're twins even. Almost. I don't know. It's 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 weird. But okay, so this caught my eye for number for a number of reasons. So we started talking about this before the show started, and you stopped and you said, why are we not recording? So I want to say this, and I know there's plenty of New Japan fans out there, Josh and Jeremy included, who are probably going to tell me I'm wrong. But I realized Bullet Club, or Bullet Club, 
originally was a hill stable of Gajans trying to take over New Japan, right? Make their mark. I get that. But singularly, individually, we have not seen in New Japan, I could be wrong, tell me if I'm wrong, in a good while, a an American entertainment-esque style heel running roughshod in the main event of New Japan. And what I love about Jay White, and I think Jay White is the most improved wrestler this year, started off with Tanahashi in the fucking dome, right, in the beginning of the year. And now we're moving on to, he's probably going to a match with Okada for the keys to chaos, whatever you want to call it. This next dome, this dude is about to be in the top four, the vaunted top four of New Japan. Has it ever happened that fast? I mean, AJ, I, AJ Styles notwithstanding. I mean, I'm admittedly the wrong person to ask that particular question because, okay. like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not the young boy. I'm not the young boy. Yeah. The young uh, boy is a more wealth of than I know. Man, he's a dictionary. Yeah. So, in fact, um, you know, we might bring we might bring Josh on here in the next couple of weeks. To uh, yeah. Next week is next week. Well, next week we got a preview show coming, huh? For oh, I guess the, we do. For the Thunder Down Under uh, yeah. Super Showdown. I like and, it better if we call it Thunder Down Under. I think well, that would have been a better de- that would have been a better name. So Platt called the show in Australia the Thunder Down Under. Hell in a Cell was a rage in the cage. And uh and <laughs> Crown Jewel was a jam in the sand. So yeah, there's that. Um, I love it. I love everything about it. I love the story. I love that Okada is finally, finally, Liquid Snake Okada is finally fighting from behind and has something to fight for other than being on top all the time. I love that Ghetto... Well, and it gives Okada something to do that has nothing to do with the title. Right. And he can help elevate the long term story that has absolutely nothing to do with any of the belts. But if if, 100%. And if we can bridge this entire show from the very beginning to now, this makes a shared universe because you just said the questions. What does Rapongi 3K think about this? What does Show and Yo think? What does Ishii, who's. I always look at Ishii as the Luke Harper of Chaos, as the second in command, right? Yeah. Well, what are the other? What do all the other Gaijins all in of Chaos them. think? Because you've got Osprey, oh, you've got right. the best friends, you've got. That's a good point. Like wh- you've got Rocky. Like what do all these other Gaijins in Chaos? Where do they land? And speaking of that, the the old school guys who've been with Chaos in the beginning, but Mika- well, was great, Bashio, but Goto, Yano, Yano and Goto. Yeah. Are they gonna rock with Gato, who's been with them the whole time? Well, you, well, you know what's really interesting to me, if you think about it, you know, the Japanese stars are more likely to go with Jay the Gaijin, and the Gaijins are more likely to stay with Okada because the Gaijins are much more pure face. Which it brings some intrigue, is it not? Well, I love it does. It. it does because uh, this is the second faction war that New Japan has started. And they're both factors. going, and they're both going concurrently. By the way, <laughs> but it, but they needed that though because a lot of the factions had become stale. Lij was the only faction that wasn't stale, but Lij is small, and that's and why Lij is not yeah. stale. 
and Hiromu's hurt. So. Well, Hiromu's hurt, but even so, they're not stale because they're small enough as a group that each of sure. them is only ever doing, like, one Absolutely. or two things. They're Absolutely. not overexposed. Hashtag push Naito. By the way, yes. does Naito still wrestle? Did he retire? Because I haven't heard his no, name. No, him and like, Suzuki had a great match I in the first destruction. I, I, I figured that. I'm just saying that this dude went from being in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom to getting jobbed out to a part-timer who has to getting jobbed out to a part-timer since. who it looks like is now going to feud with one of his underlings. To yeah, exactly. To not even knowing if he's on the show or not. Like and y'all wonder why I'm pissed about Naito? I'm just saying. I will say this though, show. y'all. You want to know why Naito is a badass? Cuz even when he ain't got shit to do, he wanted smoke with Suzuki. Yeah. He when you talk about don't give a fuck about your life. <laughs> like we joke about not wanting smoke with the Tongans, but this man wanted smoke with Minoru Suzuki. Speaking of Minoru Suzuki, is it fair to say that the most he's cohesive the scariest state- motherfucker ever? Oh well, we know that. Yes, is this fair to say that he's the most co- the, the most cohesive faction in New Japan? Is Suzuki Goon? Them and Lij. But Lij, but they but they're so fractured in that they do, they do their own thing so much. Everything yeah, that, Suzuki Goon does together, their, together. But that actually fits with Lij's gimmick of the whole yeah. tranquilo thing. You're right. Like, they're the don't-give-a-fuck faction. You're right. But if we're just talking unity, those are the two most united groups. They're the only right. two united groups. Right. Especially Everybody since, else is fractured. Especially since the uh, big white guys. I can't think of what they call um Killer Elite Squad. They, their tag team should be big white guys. But, yeah, the Killer Elite Squad. Since they yeah, came we back. Yeah, we talk about Vanilla Midgets. They're like fucking Vanilla, vanilla Giants. Vanilla yeah. Giants. <laughs> but they're a great tag team, though. But they've come back and they're hitting it with very, very they're hitting it strong, and they want those titles back. Um, we know Saber's a beast there, and Taka is his. Dude, Zack Saber time might be my favorite thing that no one's talking about in New Japan right now. Zack Saber, come over here. Taka kills it, bro. Tap out. Taka kills it, and then you got Tai Chi out here, who's like a Tai Chi. He comes out. He's like, won me over over the last couple. Me months. too. I hated the guy, but yeah, the one guy came. I, I can't mess with this. Uh, um, Azuka. Azuka. Yeah, I got. I've got no. Do your use thing, for Azuka. Do your thing, brother. But he. It's. It's. I will say this. It is never not funny seeing him walk through the crowd, and the, all the all the people who were like half his size are terrified. That's always fun. But, but yeah, but other than that, you no, know, he doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, but um. It this did I'm I'm I like New Japan has me so interested that I might go ahead and resubscribe from now until Wrestle until, Kingdom into Wrestle Kingdom because I every year I subscribe in January for Wrestle Kingdom because again we here at the Outsiders Edge we believe we pay for what we want we support and, and for y'all that want to laugh and make fun and are like oh that's super cheesy y'all we read all the time about these companies that go out of fucking business. Mm-hmm. That you like, you bought their shit, or you pirated their shit, and then you're sad that they're not making content anymore. That's why they're not making content anymore. Nobody buy their shit. Their shit. Mm-hmm. Or you complain about your favorite wrestler doesn't get featured or doesn't get whatever. Buy their merch. Especially if they're an independent performer, because their merch is probably where they're making most of their money. Most of, absolutely. I am a Todd Dillinger fan. Guess what? I have Todd Dillinger shirt. Yep, I got a perfect ten shirt. 
I got a Rusev Day shirt. You bet your ass I'm gonna have an Aiden Day shirt. Oh, and and who and what's your favorite shirt you just recently bought? My favorite shirt. Uh, speaking of wrestlers making most of their money off of merch and other things, my favorite shirt belongs to that boss of bosses, famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan. Shout out to Joey, cause my man, my man is it's not even finessing. It is my man is that talk about ingenuity. And like, can I just tell you class. how validated I feel after like what the discussion we've been having about Joey and how there's all this Joey hate. For those of you that don't know what the fuck we're talking about, Joey Ryan recently tweeted this weekend um, that he had been hired to work a wedding as Joey Ryan. To this, These people bought him a flight, bought hotel. him a rental car, got him a hotel, and paid him his wrestling booking rate. Just to go to just to go to the hotel. Just to, to go wedding. to the wedding and be in character. Yeah. And then asked him if he wouldn't mind bringing merch to sell at the wedding. <laughs> Talk about the life. Like and I love I love what his I love what his uh what his caption was. It was like this is my out this is my out plan. <laughs> yeah, this is my wrestling out strategy. <laughs> but it just goes back to what I said when we talked about him and all and I understand people who don't like Joey because Joey's not for them. I get it. If mm-hmm. you've seen it and it doesn't appeal to your tastes, I understand that. But Joey is just good fun, and that's all he markets himself as. He doesn't pretend to be, you know, this Hall of Famer or any shit like that. He's a guy or nothing, yeah. Nope. He's a guy... He's a guy who will go to a show that's going to sell 50 tickets because 20 people paid to see him dick flip someone. Mm-hmm. Because he loves wrestling. He loves the business. And he gives back also, to the business. Also, those of you that like to shit on Joey Ryan but love to watch PWG better fucking thank Joey Ryan because he was one of the founders of that company. I was about to say, he started that You show. are welcome. Yeah. So if you were rocking Bola and are super excited, shout out to Jeff Cobb for winning Bola. Oh, he did, yeah. Yeah, he won Battle of Los Angeles. That's he was real deal. excited about it. That's a big um, deal. Yeah, shout out to Jeff Cobb for winning Bola. But if you were rocking Bola and you're rocking it every year and you talk about how great PWG is and then in the same fucking breath shit on Joey Ryan, you, sir, can eat a bag of dicks. Because if it wasn't for Joey Ryan, you wouldn't have a Bola tournament to fawn over. Are they Joy Ryan style dicks? No, they're not radioactive and they won't flip you. Because okay. those would be fun dicks. <laughs> That's funny coming from you. That's hilarious. Um, Listen, I still want my Tyler Bate Graham, man. Hey. People, we could have to tell, tell people that joke one day. Um, Someday, but not today. <laughs> Anything else you got, my brother? Uh, nah, you you can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. Um, you can also find our missing brother in arms, Carl, at Outsider Curvin. Um, hashtag bring Carl back. Uh, he Column's again, he, yep, his column's coming soon, y'all. Uh, he's super excited about it. Um, no, nah, but in all seriousness, we say it all the time. Carl, more than Ransom myself, has like legit family shit that he's got responsibilities to and is not always able to be here with us but he is family and we love him all the same all the same and 
the show will it's always his show. He'll it'll never be anything else. It's just nope. a bigger part of the show as me or Kyle. Oh, he's so, a bigger uh, part of the show than me because he's a founder. I'm the new guy. <laughs> well, you said it, not me. Um, um, also, shout outs, of course, to our Scottish brethren, uh, the homies, Ricky and Clive. Yes, at Ricky and Clive, by the way. Um, we were trying to get Rick to stay up with us, but he was like, nah, fuck that, I'm sleepy. Um, but yes, speaking of the rest of Social Suplex, shout out to Run Nation Radio, L1 Nation Radio, uh, Rich and James. Shout out to Keeping It Strong, as we said earlier, the young boy, Josh and uh, Jeremy. Shout out to Grown Men, watch this shit at Grown Men Pod. Uh, Keeping It Strong, Styles at KI Strong Style. Shout out to uh, our Chair Shot family at uh, The Chair Shot, always use your head. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash ChairShot, I believe is the link, and get that good-ass merch. Speaking of merch, Outsider's Edge will have merch. I am working with my esteemed, special, favorite, perfect, wonderful graphics guy, my boy Mike Fergus, for some shits. And, yeah, and as so you'll be able to catch. get your own Catch That Ass Whooping t-shirt. Ooh, I like that. That wasn't one of them I was thinking of, but it will be now. Um, yeah, I like that. Yo, man, if Braun can get these hands, our thing can be catch that ass whooping. Because, like, it. if you listen to the Outsider's Edge, you must be ready to catch that ass whooping for being a mark. I'm here for it. I'll catch that ass whooping with a U or O? Uh, we're American, so we'll use O's. Okay. Whooping. Got you. Okay, written down. Um... Yes, and of course, I am the co-host of Chairshot Radio with young Christopher Platt. You can find him at The Real C. Platt, Chairshot Radio. We just got a Twitter again, at Chairshot Radio. I, of course, am at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. Um, yeah, uh, I write too. I write eventually. Me and Carl will come out one day. I'll come out 2019, he'll come out 2020. I'm going to do it eventually, I promise. Um, Who are you lying to, man? Your next column is going to be about your daughter's debut in the wrestling ring. I have no comment. I have no comment on that because that might be a true thing. Uh, she wants to wrestle, and so I've created a monster. Hey, I support I support people chasing their dreams because we're just a couple of young men chasing our dreams. So if you didn't like what you heard, you got to remember – we chased our dreams, so you got to respect that. Yeah, and you we, also got to remember that if you don't respect it, we, we don't, don't care. Give a fuck. Not one fuck was given. Just what? like Free Bella don't give a fuck, we don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm so glad we didn't talk, Bree, because I've heard that in every podcast, and me and Platt talked about it. Look, Bree. She is who she is, y'all. She's going to be at Evolution. Just accept it. It'll be all right. Yo, Clive actually said that she should <laughs> that she should get pushed as a shoot fighter to be Ronda Rousey's next opponent. <laughs> I'm here for it. Anyway, yes, we say all that to say this. Thank you for listening. We'll holler y'all next week. Later.